0: Good evening. Appreciate you being here tonight as we uh, continue our Life of Christ study. And uh, you can hear me, right, Mary Jane? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you can turn it down a little bit. You can... Yeah, I, I won't yell into the microphone, but uh, good to be here tonight as we continue our study. We are in... Uh, number 114 of the curriculum, uh, lesson number 114. Uh, Again, if you're uh, you're following along in the Bible, we're going to be in a lot of different scriptures tonight, and uh, we'll start off in John chapter 18. Uh, That'll probably be where we'll start off, so if you want to turn to John chapter 18, uh, that'll be a good place to start. Uh, But as we uh, continue uh, through the life of Christ, we'll just catch ourselves up where we left off Sunday morning, and we... Uh, of course, we, we we noticed Jesus being arrested, I think that was last Wednesday, and uh, while he was there in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Sunday morning we uh, took a look at the lesson of this first uh, trial uh, uh, that Jesus had to go through. Now, we, we referenced this one as the Jewish trial, uh, because this is when he goes before the Jews uh, in a this mockery of a trial, this sham of a trial, and... Uh, You know, again, the majority of this is taking place in the middle of the night, right? So, uh, uh, you know, a trial going on in in the middle of the night, that doesn't sound good from the offset. And so uh, we kind of understand what's going on here. And they bring Jesus first to this man by the name of Annas. So we're having a lot of uh, names thrown at us in these uh, last lesson and tonight's lesson of these authority figures that Jesus is going to go before. And uh, he goes first before Annas, who's, who used to be the high priest, uh, but apparently some of the Jews still um, respected him. And so they, they bring Jesus to Annas first. Annas questions him and uh, interrogates him. Remember, uh, they, they strike Jesus at that point while he's interrogating them. But eventually uh, they're going to lead Annas away to the other high priest, the true high priest, Uh, at that time, his son-in-law, Caiaphas. And so uh, Jesus is now before Caiaphas. And uh, you recall that they're seeking all of this, uh, what they refer to as false testimony, right? They're trying to get something to stick on Jesus. And so they bring in all of these uh, individuals. But remember, Mark's account said that uh, they couldn't get anything even that they were contriving coming up with to even make sense, uh, they they just couldn't get anything to stick on Jesus until there was those two men who came and said, "Well, we remember him saying something about uh, he who is going to destroy the temple and in three days rebuild it." And at that point, you know, they, they thought, "Okay, we got something here." And so they they asked Jesus, "Well, you know, who are you? Do you are you the Son of God?" And eventually, he says yes to that. And we remember Caiaphas. Remember, he tears his robe, probably as an outward sign of a, a, sort of a show. Uh, again, just to uh, make it more dramatic, and the persecution at that time begins to intensify. All right, uh, we were told that Jesus was spat upon. We're told that he was blindfolded. Uh, they were slapping him, striking him. You know, they were uh, mocking him. You know, saying, uh, "Tell us, prophesy to us. You know, who? Which one of us is the one that's hitting you?" And so they're mocking him, they're insulting him, and. We kind of spent a little bit of time from there going to another trial of sorts, but we didn't get to spend too much time on that. But uh, who else did we talk about was having a trial of his own? Peter, Peter, right, yeah. So Peter's out there in the courtyard. Uh, He only gets in because uh, the Apostle John goes and talks to the doorkeeper and says, hey, you know, let's let him in. Uh, Apparently John had a relationship with uh, whoever that was. And so Peter gets to go into the, the courtroom, and we recall Peter's going to deny Jesus three times. And, uh, you know, he hears that rooster crow. Uh, Jesus looks at him, and at that point, Peter, what? He, he leaves and he goes out weeping uh, bitterly. And again, we didn't get to take too much time talking about that episode, but just a powerful, powerful lesson there. And then we, uh, we finally finished up talking about uh, it was daybreak, it was the morning. And, um, again, Jesus is there before Caiaphas. He's there before the Sanhedrin. And uh, they bring the charges against him, right? They say he has blasphemed. He has put himself on the level of God. He said that he is God. So uh, that's the charges we're going to go up against him. And uh, that's what we're going to charge him with. But uh, we talked about that one major problem, right? There, There was a major problem with that, and that was the fact that, as the Jews no longer had the authority to uh, enact capital punishment, right? Uh, if, uh, during uh, their, their uh, days when you know, they were under the rule of Moses or uh, when they were under their own laws, of course, uh, they could have stoned uh, someone for blaspheming. But uh, because they are under the authority of the Roman government at this time, they can't do that. And so they've got to bring Jesus uh, before the Roman authorities to get uh what they want and we noticed in Luke 23 2 that um it says and they began to accuse him saying uh, we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar and saying that he himself is king or that he himself is Christ a king so they really uh amped up those charges that they uh had initially right, and so they're they're bringing him to the Roman government. They're saying this guy's not going to pay his taxes. This guy is causing trouble. Uh, this guy calls himself a king, uh, and so um, they're bringing Jesus before the, the Romans with that in mind. So that's where we left off, and so we'll uh, continue uh, uh, this this class, and then Wednesday's or excuse me Sunday morning's class. We're going to uh, be here in the Roman trials right we, we just looked at the Jewish trial and now we're going to be in the Roman trials and we're going to take a couple of classes to go through this and again, this is in Matthew Mark, Luke, and John. All four gospels record uh, pieces of this, but we'll have to go to different places to get the full picture and so um, so let's uh, continue on here uh, let's let's well let's go to Luke I told you John eighteen, but let's start off in luke twenty three Uh, For a moment. And then we'll turn to Luke 18. Uh, Luke 23. Is going to give us. Just a a snippet of what begins here. But We're going to look at this in stages as well. Uh, You remember the Jewish trial. We looked at it in three stages. We're going to look at this Roman trial. In three stages as well. And we'll just cover stage 1 and 2. Here tonight. So uh, Luke chapter 23. uh, Starting. Well let's start in verse 1. When the whole body. Of them got up and brought him before Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man misleading our nation, forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. So Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, It is as you say. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no guilt in this man. But they kept on insisting, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching all over Judea starting from Galilee, even as far as this place. When Pilate heard it, he asked whether this man was a Galilean, And when he learned uh, that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was in Jerusalem at this time. Okay, so that just gives us a a brief picture. Uh, We're going to turn to John 18 right now, and we're going to get a little bit more of what goes on during this initial Stage, but let's talk a little bit about this man, Pilate Pontius Pilate. Uh, what did the Bible tell us that, that his uh, his role was? Yeah, he, he's governor over Judea, um, and so and, and Samaria, actually. So, uh, there's a if I had the map up there that we looked at, you know, sort of at the beginning of the class, we recall that you know, we broke Israel down into those three major parts, uh, Galilee, Samaria, and Judea, and so he's governor of the, the middle part, Samaria, and the most southern part, Judea, so a wide uh, area, and so that's his jurisdiction that he's governor over, and as a governor, you know, he's got some things that he's intending to do, right? Uh, uh, collecting taxes is going to be uh, one of his major uh, jobs, and also keeping the peace is probably... The, the biggest job that he has, uh, the, the Pax Romana, right? To uh, keep, keep the peace uh, between the people. And it's interesting about Pilate because uh, we have uh, actually a ton of uh, archaeological evidence uh, that this man uh, was a, a real person who existed. You know, a lot of times, um, you know, people, skeptics will say, uh, you know, we can't find that person in history. Well, Pilate, there is actually a lot of evidence uh, about him uh, existing. There's, there's this stone that's actually called the Pilate Stone that they found uh, in Caesarea, and it's uh, got a Latin, written in Latin, an inscription, and it talks about Pilate uh, and his role. There's, there's a ring that um, has his signia on it, and they, they found that as well. And uh, the major thing that we know that he was a real person was because of the, the coins, Uh, There were a lot of coins that uh, bore his image on there. And uh, do you think the Jews uh, enjoyed uh, having to use this money with uh, this man's picture on it? No. And uh, and, uh, some of the things we know about Pilate is, you know, he didn't get along too well with the Jews. And so for him to, you know, stamp his image and his signia on these coins and and force them to sort of use it, you know, sort of was a way at... um, you know, getting at them a little bit. And so uh, this man, Pilate, again, he's the governor at this time. Uh, his headquarters, uh, we read, uh, well, let's, we're going to break this down a little bit. We'll just go verse by verse here. To look at uh, If you're in John 18, uh, starting in verse 28, John 18, starting in verse 28, it says, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas uh, into the praetorium, and it was early. And they themselves did not enter into the praetorium, so that they would not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. So uh, here's Pilate's headquarters, right? Uh, the Bible refers to it as his praetorium. Uh, it simply just means his governor's house, his official house, right? Don't we have those uh, here in the United States? Like our governors have, like a governor's mansion. Uh, you know, I think each you know governor within the, each of the 50 states has their governor's mansion. Just kind of think of it like that. This is where the governor resides. And so uh, they bring Jesus to uh, him at the praetorium. And the Jews, we notice, they're not entering into the praetorium. And why do you think that is? Yeah, so, uh, uh, of course, uh, Pilate is a Gentile. And uh, the, the praetorium is Gentile territory, and the Jews, of course, uh, saw the Gentiles as unclean. And so they, they were not going to go into the praetorium, although they, they've got an interest in what's going to go on here. Uh, they, because of their, their man-made traditions, are not going to go in there and uh, defile themselves as they would believe. And so, um, so Jesus is inside the praetorium with, with Pilate. Uh, let's look at verse 29. Uh, Therefore, Pilate went out to them and said, What accusations do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If this man were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him to you. So Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him according to your law. The Jews said to him, We are not permitted to put anyone to death, to fulfill the words of Jesus which he spoke, signifying but what kind of death he was about to die. So Jesus is inside this, this, this home, this praetorium, and uh, Pilate has to go outside to talk to the Jews, right? Because, again, they, they won't come in, so he goes outside to talk to them, uh, starts this discussion with them. Or, you know, what are you accusing this man of? Why are you bringing him to me? And you know, verse 30 is interesting because it says, uh, if this man were not an evildoer, we would not have de- delivered him to you. Uh, so apparently they, they bring him to uh, Pilate and just assuming that bringing him to Pilate means that he's going to uh, do something with him, right? Because uh, you just don't bring anyone to to the governor and uh, Pilate says judge him for yourselves, right? Uh, take your own laws and apply them to him and take, take care of it uh, that way. But again, they can't do that because the ultimate result they want Is for his uh, his death, right? And so um, they're not giving; they don't want to necessarily give Jesus a slap on the wrist. They want him to die, and so they've got to go through uh, this process. And uh, again, look at that verse there, verse thirty-two. It says, "This was to fulfill the word of Jesus, which he spoke, signifying by what kind of death he was about to die." When the Jewish people Uh, enacted capital punishment, what was their method? Stoning, right. Uh, The Jews stoned uh, people when when they were to, uh, again, enact the capital punishment. But what did the Romans use? Yeah, the, the Romans at that time used crucifixion. And of course... Jesus has prophesied a couple of times, you know, we'd have to go back into our lessons to see these, Uh, but Jesus has, you know, mentioned a couple of times how he is going to die, right? He's talked about how he had to be lifted up, you know, the Son of Man has to be lifted up. And uh, so um, Jesus knows that he's not going to be dying by being stoned, right? He he knows that his death is going to come through the crucifixion, which the Jews don't crucify, but the Romans crucify. So he knows, again, that this all has to take place. And so um, let's, let's continue on. Verse 33. Therefore Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? "'Your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. "'What have you done?' "'Jesus answered, "'My kingdom is not of this world. "'If my kingdom were of this world, "'then my servants would be fighting "'so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. "'But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm.' "'Therefore Pilate said to him, "'So you are a king?' "'Jesus answered, "'You say correctly that I am a king. "'For this I have been born, "'and for this I have come into the world.' To testify to the truth, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, "What is truth?" So you can just imagine here, Pilate, right? He's out there speaking to the Jews, and now he's got to go back in to uh, speak to Jesus here, sort of one-on-one, and uh, again ask him directly, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Right? And and what does he say? It is as you say, right? He's basically saying, yes, uh, I am the king of the Jews. And then Jesus had that question for him. Well, are you saying this on your own initiative or did, or, uh, you know, did someone uh, tell you about me? And you know, what do you think the point that Jesus is making here when he says that? Are you saying this on your own initiative? Are you asking on your own, or did somebody tell you about me? Yeah, Jesus is working on him a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, I think what Jesus is saying here is, you know, if if I'm truly a threat to you, you know, you would have known about me right uh you would have known about who i am and uh but you know that you know i'm not causing threats i'm not causing unrest uh those are all false claims and and so Pilate, you know he says um i only know about you because of the jews right because they brought you to me you know your own people brought you to me what have you done he says and uh you know Jesus goes into talking about his kingdom, right? My my kingdom is not of this world, and uh, he gives proof. Uh, look at verse thirty six again. What's the proof that Jesus makes here that his kingdom is not of this world? All right, if Jesus was a if Jesus was here to establish a physical kingdom. Wouldn't his uh, followers, his disciples, be fighting for him to, to save his life, to, again, overthrow the Roman government? But Jesus is alone, isn't he? He's all alone at this point. And, uh, again, he says right there that uh, my, if my kingdom is not of this world, if it was, my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this uh, realm. And so, by Jesus using that language, by talking about His kingdom, you know, then what does Pilate say? Or what does he put together? What does he connect the dots? Hey, so so you are a king, huh? I mean, that's basically what he says, right? Uh, Jesus is talking about His kingdom, and so Pilate says, "Okay, so uh, you are a king, then, aren't you?" And and again. he he says, you know, everyone who hears, uh, or everyone who is of the truth, hears my voice. And then, of course, Pilate says that that great question there in verse thirty-eight: What is a truth? What is truth? And that's a question that you know man has been asking, you know, from the beginning, right? What is truth? And uh, I think the curriculum sort of uh, pointed to a Pilate maybe saying this in jest, like he was being sarcastic about that. I don't know necessarily if that's exactly how he feels there. You know, maybe he was sincere. Um, we'll talk about this in Sunday's lesson, but uh, Pilate's wife actually has this dream uh, about Jesus, and she kind of warns Pilate and says, you know, have nothing to do with this guy. Um, you know, don't put him to death. Uh, and so uh, there's going to be some uh, part of Pilate that probably... And we'll see that throughout this lesson too is that you know he wants nothing to do with putting Jesus to death, right? Because he finds no guilt in him. So Pilate here announces the verdict. Um, Thirty. Uh, let's continue on verse thirty-eight, uh, part B. It says so. And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, "I find no guilt in him, but you, but you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover." Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? And so they cried out again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. And uh, we'll talk more about Barabbas uh, Sunday morning uh, when we get to that that piece. But the point is, is that Pilate comes (coughs) comes back out to the Jews after interrogating Jesus. And he says, You know, I've interrogated him, and I find no fault in this man. Uh, Do you want me to release him to you? And uh, Luke's account tells us that, you know, th- this stirred up the crowd. Uh, th- they weren't happy about this. Uh, uh, Luke 23, verse 5, it says, But they kept on insisting, saying, He's stirring up the people, teaching all over Judea, starting from Galilee, even as far as this place. So Pilate's got a problem, doesn't he? Uh, he's got a political problem, doesn't he? Um, he finds no guilt in Jesus, yet the Jews, these people who he's ruling over, are demanding that he do something about them. Because um, he, you know, he comes out here and announces that he's not guilty, and he doesn't want to antagonize the Jews any further, uh, because um, you know he's worried about word getting back to Rome about uh, you know how just just how good he's keeping the peace. Because again, that's his. One of his main goals is to be keeping the peace here, and um, he hasn't done the greatest job of it. Uh, actually, we read about him probably well, probably back this summer when we looked at Luke thirteen, uh, verse one, that talked about uh, some of the things that were going on under his watch, um, where he had killed a bunch of uh, Jews and mixed their blood uh, with the sacrifices that were that they were doing, and so. Um, he hasn't necessarily had a great track record of keeping the peace, and so he's got this political problem, right? Uh, what do politicians like to do? Okay, yeah, push it off to someone else, pass it down the line. They don't like to make decisions, do they? Because they, they, they want to please both sides, and so that's what Pilate really has this problem here, and. Um, <laughs> It's interesting because we just read the, those verses. Actually, let's go back to Luke 23. Uh, Luke 23. Because uh, we noticed there uh, that in verse... Uh, so we read this at the beginning of class. Uh, that that it talked about how Jesus had been stirring up the people, teaching all over Judea, starting from Galilee, even as far as this place. And of course, uh, you know, they're in Jerusalem at this time. And it says in verse 6 when Pilate heard it, uh, he asked whether this man was a Galilean. So remember, uh, Pilate's jurisdiction is Samaria and Judea. But uh, he found out that Jesus uh, was originally from Galilee, right? That's not part of his jurisdiction. And so when he hears this, you know, he's got an idea, right? Because now he can, as uh, Eddie mentioned, he can pass him off to someone else. And it just so happens. Verse seven tells us that just so happened that the person whose jurisdiction that that Galilee was over was King Herod, and King Herod just happened to be in Jerusalem at that time. Does that happen today? Uh, you know, a judge will get a case, read the case, and be like, and really do, don't want anything to do with that case, and so they try to pass it off to you know someone else's. Jurisdiction to another judge to take care of, to handle. You know, we see the same thing uh, that's going on here, uh, going on uh, today. And, and, you know, Pilate's probably thinking at this point, this is great, right? I I got this problem, and now that I found out that Jesus is uh, actually under another jurisdiction, I can just pass him off uh, to Herod. Let Herod take care of it. You know, let Herod be the bad guy and make the decision. And so uh, let's read that. Because here's here's stage two of the trial. Uh, Luke 23, starting in verse 8. Now Jesus is going to go before King Herod for a moment. Uh, Luke 23, starting in verse 8. says, Now Herod was very glad when he saw Jesus, for he had wanted to see him for a long time, because he had been hearing about him and was hoping to see some sign performed by him. And he questioned him at some length, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes were standing there, accusing him vehemently. And Herod, with his soldiers, after treating him with contempt and mocking him, dressed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. Now Herod and Pilate became friends with one another that very day, for before they had been enemies with each other. So again, why why does Pilate send Jesus to Herod? And we've already answered that, right? Because uh, he doesn't want to make that tough decision. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Uh, he wants to keep the Jews happy. And so he sends him off to Herod. And uh, and it's also uh, the curriculum talks about this. The, this isn't apparent in the text, but um, you know this is a this is a way for Pilate to get in good with Herod, right? Um, this is a, a a chance for them to um, you know discuss to network to. Uh, to uh, you know, again, talk to one another, and, and we we noticed that last verse we just read said that the two of them had been enemies up until this day, right? And now they're friends because they have this common uh, enemy to deal with. And so, was Herod glad to see Jesus? Sure was, because to Jesus to a Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was happy to see Jesus. Remember, Herod has been trying to kill Jesus for a while uh, unsuccessfully, um, now he doesn't want to hear Jesus preach. He doesn't want to hear a Jesus teach, but as Eddie mentioned, he wants to see Jesus perform a miracle. You know, he's heard of Jesus. He's heard of the things that he's done. And, uh, Jesus, we're told there in verse nine, while he's being questioned, it says, it says actually Herod questions him for a lo- at some length, right? Uh, for a long time but Jesus remains silent during the whole thing and so when it doesn't go the way he wants what's he do he turns to violence against Jesus right um, says that they, they, they got a, <clears throat> the chief priests and scribes they're shouting accusations at Jesus they, they just dress Jesus up in this uh, well my bible said uh, this gorgeous robe this gorgeous, gorgeous robe which I guess um, literally means it, it was a white, it was shining, it was a glimmering type of robe. And why do you think they dressed him up in this robe? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's formal form of mockery, isn't it? Uh, the, the Romans are going to do this too in our next lesson uh, Sunday morning. They're going to dress him up in that purple robe. But here, uh, the 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 excuse me, the, the Jews are going to do that, or, no, sorry, the, the Romans will do that. But here, Herod uh, dresses him up in this white robe, and again, it's just a way to mock him. It's uh, it's to make fun of him, right? Because he's claiming to be a king, a king of the Jews. Uh, but of course, you know, a, a king in their minds wouldn't be somebody who would be all alone and arrested. And so again it's just uh, it's another way to mock him and so Herod has his fun you know with with Jesus he can't get anything out of him uh verbally and so he hands him right back over to Pilate uh verse 11 there and uh a pilot accomplishes one of his purposes right he uh he he doesn't get Herod to make the call but he does you know form that friendship with him and uh they become friends, as we're told here. Again, uh, what's that saying? Uh, I always forget. I always mess it up. But uh, the, 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 the enemy of my friend is... You guys know what I'm talking about? No? Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to think on that one again. Because I, I always mess that one up. Uh, but... Okay. The enemy of my enemy... Is my friend, is something like that, right? And uh, so I always use that, like, uh, you know, as a Michigan State fan, and, uh, you know, the, my enemy is the Michigan Wolverines, but Michigan's enemy are the Ohio State uh, Buckeyes. And so uh, through that, you know, uh, when Ohio State's playing Michigan, well, th- they're my friends, right? Uh, because they're playing my enemy. And so uh, that's sort of the thing going on here, right? And so Herod and Pilot are now friends, we're told. But Pilate's still got a problem because uh, he's going to have to make this decision. He's going to have to do the dirty work. He couldn't get Herod to do that. The curriculum talked about something interesting. I forgot to bring this up at the beginning. But, you know, we, we've moved away from a lot of, you know, Jesus' teaching uh, and preaching to more of this historical narrative. And so when we, we do that, you know, it, it's a little bit harder for us to find uh, some application for us in these lessons, right? Because uh, we're, we're going over uh, these historical events that that happened, and so um, it's a little bit harder for us, because when, we're, when we have lessons, you know, we want to point out the facts, but we also want to make application for our lives, right? Because the scriptures are meant to change our lives for the better, and so I know we're running shortly out of time, but let's uh, talk about uh, some of these really quickly. Uh, these application points. Assuming Her- Pilate found Jesus not guilty, right, and and that should immediately come to our mind that hey, Jesus, you know, w- w- was sinless on this earth, right, sinless, and so um, Pilate got it right, didn't he? And that's a reminder for us. Uh, Jesus is a king, but not of this world. Uh, Where is Jesus' throne, by the way? In heaven, right? He's our spiritual uh, king. And uh, what does that imply if we have a king? We're his subjects, subjects, right? We, We obey the king. We follow the king. Um, Jesus endured persecution for us. He died for us. Again, Pilate appeared to find no fault in Jesus, but because of political pressure, uh, because of that, he's not going to let Jesus go, even though he found him no, not guilty. And that's a great question for us to remind us when we're uh, in those um, you know, pressure positions uh, in life, uh, are we going to stand up for Jesus? Do, we know the right thing to do, but are we going to do it? Are we going to stand up for Jesus, or are we going to be like Pilate and be pressured to go another direction? So, uh, again, a lot of great application to that. Appreciate everyone's participation tonight, and we will look at part two of this trial a Sunday morning.